So the date is the 22nd of October 2012. I'm here with John Buckley. John, you have a very special concert in many ways coming up on Sunday next, the 28th of October in the Hugh Lane Gallery. Tell me and describe that concert. Certainly, Jonathan. Good morning. Well, it's always a great pleasure for a composer to have an entire concert devoted to your music. It's rather unusual. Uh, normally, you have a piece maybe slotted in amongst another, uh, amongst a number of other contemporary works, or maybe even mixed in with um, earlier repertoire. So this is rather unusual. It's something that uh, Gavin O'Sullivan and I had been talking about and planning for a number of years. But it seemed maybe appropriate to have it in this particular year as it marks my uh, 60th year. And in a way, the concert is like a kind of retrospective almost. And the most recent ones were revisions that I made of some pieces earlier this year. And there's a wide range of works in it which seem to cover all the spectrum of uh, musical families. So there's brass music on horn, um, saxophone, piano. Uh, string music and choral music so there's a, a wide range and I hope it gives a good broad spectrum also stylistically of the way I have been composing since the mid-1980s. In drawing up this retrospective as, as you describe it how did you choose these particular works because presumably you could have made a different program many times over because you've you've written quite extensively for a lot of different forces in, in, in chamber ensemble, vocal ensemble for over that time period. What were the decisions that, that um, you had to make around that? I suppose primarily I wanted to create a good balance in the program. I wanted to be able to feature also musicians who had meant so much to me over the years with whom I had worked closely and intensively on a number of projects over a long period of time. So I'm working, for example, with Kenneth Edge and Anthony Byrne and people like that. There are two special young musicians coming from Prague to play in this concert, Anna Romanovska Fliegerova and Mikhail Romanovsky. They're two uh, of the best and the finest young musicians in the Czech Republic and it's a great honour to be able to work with them and that they're coming from Prague to perform in the concert. I also wanted to, however, include some choral music and I'm very pleased to be have the opportunity to work with the Mornington Singers and their conductor Orla Flanagan. And this is our first collaboration. I recently heard some recordings of theirs on the internet and was very much taken by the sheer warmth and beauty of their sound and I wanted an opportunity to work with them. So it was a good chance to draw some of my choral music back into concert performance. I'd written quite a lot for choirs in the 1980s and 1990s and the pieces were performed quite frequently then but not much, I haven't worked much in that field within the last 10 or 15 years and I'm anxious to return to it again. So that provided a lovely opportunity. And these are the works that you've actually revised, are they, the, the, the choral works? Yes, they are. I revised some of the choral works over the last year in anticipation of this concert. Um, I simplify them in a way, I think. Uh, I'm beginning to believe that in some ways the simpler choral music is the more effective that it can be. So I removed some awkward intervals to sing, um, made it a little bit smoother uh, from a point of view of performance and I think it has been effective in that regard. And would it be true to say that, that this um, 
is unusual for you in in in, in revising your works i mean are are you are you somebody that that tends to not revise and not go back and, and not revisit works or is, is is this a little bit different for you that's a very interesting question um I feel that all my works could do with revision, but I'm usually so busy writing new pieces that I rarely have time to rework older ones. And I have revised a number of works over the years, but normally with a specific view in mind. Let's say there's a concert coming up or a CD recording coming up, I would then take an opportunity if I felt a work needed revision. However, if the work is just sitting there and it's not being programmed currently, I tend not to revise that, but would be more focused on the, the creation of new compositions. So this concert and working with the choir provided me with a, a very good opportunity to, to rework some of the earlier compositions. And you mentioned about revising these choral works and making them a little bit simpler and removing some of the awkward intervals. And presumably these are works from your youth or from your from your <laughs> would you know what I mean from from the 19 from the 1980s from sort of further back in 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 your career when you were trying out other things and 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 obviously the context was different you were it was written for a for a different group I'm, I'm guessing the RT singers what's what's it like for you as a composer in your 60s looking back into a period of time on, on you know through through your works compositionally i mean is that a difficult thing to do to sort of take do you have to put yourself back into that mindset or are you saying well look this is from that particular time and, and are there challenges around that that approach when it comes to looking at your work through the passage of time sure it's a very very interesting question and there are people who would say that works should stay as they were because they reflect your thoughts and your compositional process at that moment in time. And generally that's true of my of my output. Uh, of a hundred or more works that I've written, I've maybe revised less than 10% of those. It's not to say that I'm happy with everything that was there, but they do stand as at least a testament of the best I could manage at that particular time. It's very kind of you to say that I was a young composer in the mid-1980s when I was already well into my 30s. So it wasn't from from lack of uh, experience that I wrote the pieces in this particular manner. It's just that now I wanted a kind of greater sense of refinement, especially in choral works. Um, the instrumental works, I think, can stand. In fact, all the instrumental works in the concert remain unchanged from their time of composition. And some of these go back well more than 20 years. So it's just the choral works that are beginning to have a new... I suppose, sensitivity towards choral singing and aiming for a, a smoother quality of, of sound, uh, less awkwardness in the individual parts. Although where dissonances are needed, of course, they remain. I haven't just removed everything from the music, far from it. I've tried to refine the thoughts rather than change them. Just look, looking ahead and, and, and moving to some of the other projects and, and future projects that you're involved in, what what are can you tell me about some of those some of the things that you're you're working on right now and hope to work on in in the near future? Well, certainly. Um, currently, I'm completing a trio for a wonderful combination of instruments: harp, flute, and viola. It's a combination that, of course, was established with Debussy's wonderful sonata for that combination. And currently, I think there are thousands of works written for that particular combination. It's a, a beautiful 
and, and sonorous combination of instruments, giving exquisite shades of timbre and tone. So I'm trying to write a piece that reflects the nature of that combination of instruments. It's going to be about 15 minutes in length, and each of six short movements is going to be prefaced by a haiku poem, which will be read during the performance of the piece. I think the first performance will be in the spring of next year. So that's near completion, and it's for a group called Trioca. Uh, I'm also working with a new ensemble of flutes at the moment, uh, writing pieces for combinations of up to eight flutes. This is a field I'm very comfortable with, having been a flautist myself and having written a great deal for the instrument, but it's very exciting to have a new flute ensemble called Flute Era, based in Dublin. And in the slightly longer term, <coughs> I have ambitions to write a horn concerto for the horn player Cormac O'Hedon. We've been talking about that for many years now. The opportunity just hasn't come correctly yet, but I'm sure it will over the next couple of years, and that would be a, a large-scale project I would like to engage with. Mm -hmm. Concerto form is one that greatly appeals to me. I've now completed six, so this would be number seven. So it is a genre that I'm very much drawn to, as it combines the kind of voice of the individual, which has always appealed to me. I've written a great number of works for solo instrument, but it combines that individual voice with the collective sound of the orchestra, which is another genre to which I'm drawn. So the concerto being a combination of those true, I'm sorry, of those two is an ideal medium for my way of thinking compositionally. Can I just turn to the to the event of your 60th year? And, and um, I, I've spoken to many composers on, on reaching their milestones of you know, 50, 60, 70, and, and in some case 80. Looking back over the past number of years in terms of your musical style your approach to composition you know where your interests have diverged and and and, and gone in different directions what can you tell me about that what's changed in let's say the past kind of 20 years or so of uh, compositionally for you well i suppose i'm very fortunate in that quite recently uh, benjamin dwyer composer guitarist and musicologist uh, very kindly wrote my biography in which he analysed a great number of the works and the development of the style. So he has drawn my attention to aspects of my own style that I probably was quite unaware of myself. And his view is that the works over the years have become somewhat more refined. It's the term that he uses. That they started out quite raw and wild in many ways and I hope I haven't lost some of that energy in the music. I would always wish to have a a strong energetic drive in the music but that a refinement perhaps has gradually crept into the style of, of writing, a refinement of style, refinement of instrumentation for example. <clears throat> so I suppose looking back certainly I have gone through different periods um, there was a time when I was extremely interested in the avant-garde, that's the exploration of new sonorities, new performing techniques, um, a lot of aleatoric writing. Um, and I'm very glad that I had the possibility of writing works and that use those techniques. And I'm not suggesting that I will never again use them, but I suppose my style now has moved somewhat away from that and maybe towards, as Benjamin Dwyer would have said, a new refinement with a particular focus maybe on the formal design and structure with the development of the harmonic language which would be hugely important to me 
and also keeping that idea of sonority which was at the core of everything I did I always sought to write for each instrument taking the particular timbre and personality of that instrument into account and that remains central to everything that I do so I suppose there are some continuities but inevitably some changes as well and it always is strange looking back over a body of work of course it's not something I do too frequently. I tend more to look ahead at where perhaps the next piece will come from and if the style needs to develop or change to accommodate future compositional ideas. Mm. As a composer, at least one's past is somehow charted in the compositions that are there. Mm. There is now a body of over 100 compositions which are, while they're totally me and totally mine, they do kind of stand outside of me as well now as a body of work that can be assessed or listened to or examined by anyone who cares to do so. So they do stand independently of where I am now, even though I created them all. And that's a kind of a strange thing that one perhaps doesn't encounter in every walk of life, where every year of the past 40 years of my life, there's a composition corresponding to it, sometimes several. So in a way it does chart out your past almost for you or leaves a trace or a map of where you've been is left behind through these compositions. In terms of music that you listen to now or things that you draw inspiration from, um, what, what, what types of music and composers and, and are, are, you know, help spark your, your creative imagination? Sure. The way that question is normally put nowadays, Jonathan, is what's on your iPod? <laughs> well, right. I listen, as always, to an absolutely huge range of music. The great composers of the past are, have always been and remain a constant source of influence to me. Every bit as much as the contemporary scene. I try to keep up to date with new developments and listen to contemporary music. But the music of the past still remains an anchor for me. The great music of Bach, Haydn, Mozart, Handel. And more, more recently I've been f listening to a lot of the music of Brahms. Mm. And constantly learning from the great works of the past. While the language of contemporary music would be different, the surface of it, I think that the fundamentals, the idea of taking ideas and developing them as exemplified by composers of the past is still what I wish to do, even though the, the surface language will have an entirely different slant. I listen also to a, a much wider range of music now than I perhaps would previously. And my early interest as a child in Irish traditional music is coming through once more. In fact, I just have a new CD of arrangements of Irish traditional music that I've Irish traditional music that I have been working on for a number of years, with Bill Dowdle, the flautist, as the soloist, and a small ensemble of string quartet, harp, both Irish and concert, and and percussion and singer indeed. So that area is of great interest to me as well now. I'm not suggesting that it's the the only route I will take forward, but it runs in parallel with my own original music and it's a field that I wish to work in a little bit more. And on a practical level, balancing the, the, the time demands of teaching with composing, how do you manage that, that um, balance between those two activities? Well, very often with great difficulties, the simple answer to that. Throughout my working career, at various stages, 
um, the emphasis has been on composition, where I might spend up to 80 or even 90% of the time composing and 10% engaged in uh, workshops or rehearsals or projects of that nature. Currently, my main emphasis is on lecturing and teaching, and it occupies a great deal of energy and time. So there is less time for composing now. So the balance has tilted away a little bit uh, in in a sense, though it's 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 a good balance and I'm happy with it. I'm writing at a slightly slower pace than I used to for the 20 years between 1980 and 2000 when I was working more or less full-time as a composer. In some ways, it's a little better to have less to write maybe and be able to spend more time uh, pausing over it, mulling over it, thinking it through. In those earlier years, I depended on composition mainly for a living and was really working to commission pretty much on a consistent base. Mm. So now that balance has tilted a little bit in a different way. And who knows, in a few years' time, it may tilt back again to full-time work and composition. And I'm happy with all of those various different uh, proportions of emphasis and balance that life has thrown up. And final question. You mentioned your you know future project of the writing a horn concerto um looking forward you know sort of five ten years what are the sorts of projects that you would that you know aren't on the on the scene or, or you know haven't yet become a reality what are, what are the sort of projects that you would like to do compositionally well i've never written a string quartet apart from you know arrangements yeah. of traditional irish tunes that sort of thing but a, an original string quartet up to now, I always used to say that I felt I was too young to tackle it, that a string <laughs> quartet was something that should come out of great maturity. I'm not sure I've reached great maturity, but I have reached my 60th year. So it would be of great interest to me now to write not just a string quartet, but a series of string quartets. If an opportunity arose, I would also be very interested in writing an opera. I've written one chamber opera, a 20-minute opera, but I'd like to write something on a larger scale, a couple of hours with a full cast and orchestra, for example, but only if an opportunity arises for such a thing to happen.